Look, we tried. We really tried. What are you saying? We did everything we can. We might as well go home tomorrow. What? Go home? We can't go home. You can't be serious. I'm not saying it hasn't been enlightening, but come on. We haven't seen it in weeks. We will. You keep saying that, but... Yes, he does keep saying it, and I agree. We must keep going. Keep going? We don't know which way to go. We will. It's your idea to be I know, I know. It's, it's why it's so hard for me to give up now. You can't give up. You said it is the sign of a king. Isn't that what you said? I know what I said. I remember it very well. I'll never forget that night. Well, then you don't want to come all this way and give up now, do you? No, I don't want to give up. What happened to your excitement? It's what got us excited. It was like a fire in your bones. You showed us what you discovered. We believed you and well. Here we are. I, for one, am not going back. Don't look at me. I'm not going back either. But so let's keep going. Oh, gentlemen, gentlemen, did you ever think the sign pointed to something that already happened? The whole event, whatever it may have been, is probably over. Whatever it may have been, whatever it may have been, you said a king would be born. And I still believe that, but. Kings are born every day. Yes. And I don't want to believe to wait a little while longer to see a great sign like this. I know, it's hard for me too, but what if we missed a, a king? A king, man! Think about it! Believe me, it's all I think about. No telling how long he has waited to be born. Ever think of that? Good point. What do you mean? The timing. The revealing of a king. A king in which the whole earth will be ruled. Things have to be just right. No long, no, no matter how long he's waited for things to be just right. When you say it like that, it makes me even more disappointed that we've lost our way. He'll show us what I see here. What is that? You're gonna give a king a wooden box. <laughs> Don't judge what you see by the outside. No, <laughs> look inside. Oh. Ooh. Mm. Gold. I believe this king would be a king of purity. True sons. Not like any other earthly king. That's what I said when we first started this journey. Yes, and that's what got us excited about making this journey with you. You need to hold on to that. No, no, this king won't judge by what he sees on the outside. He'll judge by what's on the inside. True. Yes. Truth. This, this will be most vital. The finest grade of frankincense. This fragrance will surely bless his appearing, as his appearing will surely bless the whole earth. That was, well, that was beautiful. Couldn't have been said any better. Thank you. That was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> Did you think of that yourself? Your wife helped you with that, didn't she? <clears throat> Heavens no. My wife would kill me if she knew I had taken her most precious frankincense. You guys would be using this for my burial. I'm sure she discovered it's gone by now. We've been gone for weeks. Uh, well, I was, uh, I was counting on a little dementia. dementia? I, I said a little dementia, not a total eclipse like we apparently have here. <laughs> okay, gentlemen. Now, I will show you what I was going to give him. Myrrh. <laughs> the most costly spice for he would be worthy of the finest that the earth has to offer 
for he would surely offer to the whole earth his finest gifts. <clears throat> yes, yes, my wife helped me with that. We're ready then. Indeed. If only you hadn't fallen asleep. Oh, do you have to bring up that? Do you always have to bring that up? It's true. You fell asleep on duty. It was your turn to watch to see if it moved. And we've been lost ever since then. Meaning I remind you, we've all fallen asleep all at once. Yes, but it was his turn to watch. Uh, look, uh, it was a long journey, all right? It doesn't matter. You should have been more awake. Gentlemen. Look, I tried. I tried to stay awake. Well, it doesn't matter. Oh, look, like he said, we all fell asleep more than once. Oh, once too many for you, and it cost us everything. Look. Enough. Look. The stars. I told you we'd see it again. <laughs> Seriously, you've got issues, man. Issues. So perhaps some of us that are in this place tonight and on this Christmas evening may have felt like our characters here that somewhere along the way you thought you were on your way and now you've lost your way. Maybe you feel like that all hope is lost or the best part of your life is behind you. If there's anything that the baby in that manger tells us is that hope has found us. Matthew records this when he says this, that an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Really? A baby? God with us? This baby will unwrap unimaginable gifts. We've looked at those names of that baby during these last weeks. We've seen Messiah, the one who will fix our broken world. We've seen Savior, the one that will save us from our bad choices. We've seen the name Lord, who is more powerful than our failures. We've seen Emmanuel, this God who is with us in every bright and even dark circumstance. We see the name Jesus, who is the one who is our warrior, the one who battles for us. And we have found hope, which is confidence that the ending will still be good and that we can count on him. Unwrap those names and it will bring you right back to this incredible hope, a hope that author Max Lucado talks about when he says it this way. Here is what we want to know. We want to know how long God's love will endure. Does God really love us forever? Not just on Easter Sunday when our shoes are shined and our hair is fixed. We want to know how does God feel about me when I'm a jerk? Not when I'm preppy and positive and ready to tackle world hunger. Not then. I know how he feels about me then. Even I like me then. I want to know how he feels about me when I snap at anything that moves when my thoughts are gutter level, when my tongue is sharp enough to slice a rock, 
How does he feel about me then? Can anything separate us from the love Christ has for us? God answered our question before we asked it, so we'd see his answer. He lit up the sky with a star so we'd hear it. He filled the night with a choir so we'd believe it. He did what no man had ever dreamed. He became flesh and dwelt among us. He placed his hand on the shoulder of humanity and said, you're something special. He said, I've come to give you hope. How special? His name is Jesus, and he came to save us. That name Jesus actually means a liberator, a rescuer. And to save us, he would have to take on evil and defeat it. To save us, he would have to actually root out the things inside of us that disgust us, those things that disqualify us for wanting to be with this God with us forever. So three decades after his birth, he would take upon himself, and, and, and I, as I think this through, I just, I just think of the things in my life that, that I have done, those things that, that I would not want anyone to know, all those things that disgust me, those things that disqualify me, those things that distress me, and to know that he took those upon himself. This one on whom the angels, or over whom the angels had, had sung songs of joy at his birth, this one now sings songs of lament. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he died. His separation became our salvation. His suffering became our forgiveness. His death became our life. So that God with us would remain our hope forever. No matter what you face tonight, no matter how discouraged you've been in the past, no matter how you feel like you failed, that, that you even tried to walk with God and you messed it up and you think, how could he ever take me back? This is the God who came looking for you. This is the God who still keeps looking for you. See, the manger tells us that God is with us. The cross tells us that there's nothing in this life that can separate us from his love. So tonight, in this gathering, we've come to celebrate this love that comes looking for us, this, this hope that we have. We come to celebrate Christmas, Christ's Mass, the Messiah's Eucharist, that Jesus said that, that I give my, my body for you so that you can connect with this God who came looking for you, and I give my blood for you so that you can stay with him forever. And so part of our gathering tonight is that we would enjoy the Eucharist. And so I'm going to invite you, if you are, if you are a follower of Jesus in just a moment, our friends are going to come and distribute the cup and the bread, and we invite you to take it and hold it. Our tradition here is that we will partake together. And if you're a follower of Jesus, we want you to partake of that. So say, take it, hold it, and then I'm going to come back, and we are going to partake of this together and remember what he has done for us and the hope that he has given to us. Please worship with us in partaking of the Eucharist. So earlier, as many gathered in here for the earlier Christmas Eve service and we were distributing the, the communion elements, and I was reflecting on all the families that were gathering together, and I thought back to the first time that our daughter took communion. 
we had walked her through what it means and, and she was early elementary age and and so we felt like she had a pretty good grasp of what this all meant and and knew the the sacredness of this moment so we were partaking of communion and and I felt pretty good that she was really getting it understanding what this all was about and evidently what happened is after she had taken the cup much like this one and she had drank the juice she realized there was still more down in the bottom of the cup and the only way she could reach that was with her tongue so Christy stuck her tongue way down deep forcing all the air out of the cup and created a vacuum she couldn't get the cup off her tongue so in the sacred moment I looked over and she's got her tongue stuck out going like this trying to pull the cup off she wanted every piece of that, every drop of that cup that she could get. Some of you in this place have worked so hard, worked so hard to just try to get what God has for you, to try so hard to, to get what Jesus has for you. And you still come up with a vacuum. Please understand that Christmas tells us that he came looking for you. And that perhaps tonight it's time for you to quit trying so hard and it's time for you to just rest in his arms. You see, he said, this is my body which I've given to you. I'm putting you in contact with the Father. There's nothing you can do. There's no penance you can create for yourself to draw you any closer to him. He's come to you. And what you've got to do is just receive that. He said, if, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all your impurity. It's his deal. In fact, he even gives you the desire to want to be with him. His choice. And now it's our choice to just accept that and say, I, I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. And so in gratitude and in thanks for what he has done for us, would you join me in partaking of the bread? Jesus also said, this cup is the cup of a new covenant, a covenant where you not only come to the Father, but you can stay with him forever. That he will be your guidance, he will be your power, he will be your protector. No matter what you're facing, he's with you now. In the earlier gathering, I had a friend come to me and she's battling cancer, been battling it for 10 years, and, and it's tough right now because the docs are not doing much for her. But she still put her faith in Jesus and said, I'm trusting him to walk me through whatever I face. Because we know that the worst things in life are never the last things when you walk with Jesus. And that's what he's given us. That's the hope that he's given us. And so tonight in gratitude for the fact that he will walk with us forever, let us partake of the cup together. So it was in a, in a setting where Jesus was sharing his love and his grace, his mercy, his expressions of, of, his, of his great compassion for them. And they were receiving much from him. And Jesus turned to them and said, now remember, freely you have received, now freely give. Because if you connect with me, you'll become like me. And for God so loved the world that he gave. And so you will become like him in giving to others wherever you find them. I mean, you can't walk with Jesus very long until you end up with the marginalized and, and with the poor and with the hurting. And so it is our tradition here at Christmas that we say that we must worship fully, 
spend less, give more, and love all. And to put action to that, we as a community of faith decide that we're going to to try to focus on some part of the globe that is in desperate need of someone to give them hope. And this year we have focused on 200,000. That's about the population of Erie and its surrounding townships, 200,000 street kids in Nairobi, Kenya. These kids are on the streets because for most of them, their parents have died of AIDS. And for a lot of them, they contracted AIDS and have been thrown out of their families and their tribes. So they're on the streets. A lot of them, even pre-adolescent, sell themselves to other people just so that they can get money for food. Most of them sniff glue. They do that just so that they can be free for a little while of the pain of their existence. And why should we care about them? Because we are global. We are a global community and they are our children. And Jesus said, if you help those, the smallest in humanity, you've helped me. And so tonight, we've been telling our our group that that we want to to support and help what is happening to bring hope to these kids on the streets of Nairobi. There are those who who are now being connected to that that some friends will come to them and say, can I I pull you away from here? Can you come be with me? I'm going to give you the things that you need. It's called Kenya Kids. And so they they bring them to a home and there they they give them for the first time a, a hot shower, they give them three meals for a day. They take care of them, and the goal is to take care of them up through age 18, to get them through elementary school and then even into university. Uh, There's one whose name is David. He, He went on the streets at age four. And David was rescued off of a garbage dump. And so they took him in to, into Kenya Kids. And, and there he found those things that he never had before. And, and they found him the first night sleeping next to his bed on the floor. And they said, what are you doing? He said, I've never had a bed and I don't want to get this one dirty. And they said, no, don't worry about it because this is yours. These pajamas are yours. No one's going to take these from you. He said, well, Miss Shirley, he said, when I'm on the street, I hear people talk a place about a place called heaven that's more beautiful than any other place. Is this heaven? And she said, no, but I can tell you how to get there. So it's our goal to try to help some of those 200,000. It costs about $900 a year to get a kid off the streets in an elementary school. And eventually they'll work them up to university. And so David who went went on the streets at age four, has just now graduated from university. His goal is to go back in the streets and rescue more kids. We want to be part of that. So we've asked our congregation, our community of faith, to come this evening prepared to give toward getting those kids rescued. And if you're visiting with us today, I'm going to invite you to to even be part of this if this is something that, that touches you here. We've invited our friends to come tonight ready for an offering. You can also just go online and find it there or use your, your cell phone and, and make a donation that way. But we want to invite you to participate in this this evening. If you want tax credit, you just take an envelope, right on it. Kenya kids and let us know who you are and we'll give you tax credit and everything given tonight will go straight to Kenya kids.
So we want you to be part of that tonight. I think God would, would enjoy us doing that as part of what he does in this world. And we want to be part of that. So I'm going to invite the ushers to come. So Father, thank you for sending Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for coming. And thank you for the example of giving. And we join in your heart right now. And we want to rescue these kids. So we take, ask you to just take this offering now and multiply it so many more will be rescued. We give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen.
Long ago, about 2,000 years, when King Herod ruled Judea, now part of Israel, God sent the angel Gabriel to a young woman who lived in the northern town of Nazareth. The girl's name was Mary, and she was engaged to marry Joseph. The angel Gabriel said to Mary, Peace be with you. God has blessed you and is pleased with you. Mary was very surprised by this and wondered what the angel meant. The angel said to her, Don't be afraid. God has been very kind to you. You will become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and give birth to a baby boy and you will call him Jesus. He will be God's own son and his kingdom will never end. Mary was very afraid, but she trusted God. Let it happen as God chooses, she replied to the angel. Gabriel also told Mary that her cousin Elizabeth, who everyone thought was too old to have children, would have a baby boy whom God had chosen to prepare the way for Jesus. Mary said goodbye to her family and friends and went to visit her cousin Elizabeth and her husband Zachariah. Elizabeth was very happy to see Mary. She knew that Mary had been chosen by God to be the mother of his son. An angel had already told Zachariah that Elizabeth's baby would prepare people to welcome Jesus. He was to be called John. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home to Nazareth. Now Joseph was worried when he found out that Mary was expecting a baby before their marriage had taken place. He wondered if he should put off the wedding altogether. Then an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Don't be afraid to have Mary as your wife. The angel explained that Mary had been chosen by God to be the mother of his son and told Joseph that the baby would be named Jesus, which means Savior, because he would save people. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had told him to do and took Mary as his wife. At this time, the land where Mary and Joseph lived was part of the Roman Empire. The Roman Emperor Augustus wanted to have a list of all the people in the empire to make sure that they paid their taxes. He ordered everyone to return to the town where their families originally came from and enter their names in a register because as Mary and Joseph traveled a long way, about 70 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, he wanted to be sure that he had all of the names in place. When they came to Bethlehem, they found that there was no room for them. They found it had been a difficult struggle and a long journey, and yet Mary and Joseph, as they were traveling very slowly, realized that Mary's baby was due to be born pretty soon. So when they reached Bethlehem, they had problems finding somewhere to stay. Many people had come to register their names in the census. Every house was full, every bed was taken, and all of the inns. The only shelter that they could find was a stable with the animals. And it was in this poor place that Mary gave birth to Jesus, the Son of God. In those days, it was the custom to wrap newborn babies tightly in a long cloth called swaddling clothes. And Jesus' bed was the manger that the animals ate their hay from. Now in the hills and fields outside Bethlehem, shepherds looked after their sheep through the long night. And as the new day began, suddenly an angel appeared before them, and the glory of God shone around them. The shepherds were very, very scared. 
But the angel said, don't be afraid. I have good news for you and for everyone. Today in Bethlehem, a savior has been born for you and you will find the baby lying in a manger. Then many more angels appeared and the sky began to light up. The shepherds heard them praising God and singing glory to God in the highest and peace to everyone on earth. When the angels had gone, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see what happened. So the shepherds went to Bethlehem and there they found Mary and Joseph. The baby Jesus was lying in a manger as they had been told. When they saw him, they told everyone what the angel had said and everyone who heard the story were astonished. Then the shepherds returned to their sheep, praising God for sending his son to be their savior. When Jesus was born, a brand new bright star appeared in the sky. Some wise men in faraway countries saw the star and guessed what it meant because they were very clever men and they had studied the stars and they had read in the very old writings that a new star would appear when a great king was born. They set out to find the new king and to bring him gifts. The wise men followed the star towards the country of Judea and when they got to the capital called Jerusalem, they began to ask people, where is the child who is born to be king of the Jews? Now Herod, the king of Judea, heard this, and it made him very angry to think that someone might be going to take his place as king. So Herod sent for the wise men to come to him, and he told them to go on following the star until they had found the baby king. He said, when you found him, let me know where he is so that I can go and worship him. But Herod did not tell them that he really had an evil plan in mind and that plan was to kill the new king. The wise men followed the star towards Bethlehem and it seemed to stop and shine directly upon the place where Jesus was. The wise men entered the house where they now lived and found Jesus with Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him and the wise men spread the gifts that they had brought before Jesus the gifts were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The wise men were warned in a dream by God not to go back to Herod. So they returned home to their countries in the east by a different way. When the wise men had gone, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, and the angel said, get up. And he told for Joseph to take Jesus and Mary and escape to Egypt. The angel said, stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for Jesus to kill him. So Joseph got up, took Jesus and Mary during the night. They left for Egypt, where he stayed until Herod died. When Herod realized that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys, aged two or younger, in Bethlehem and all the surrounding area. This is to try and kill the new king, as his plan to find the location of the new king from the wise men had failed. So after Herod had died, Joseph had another dream in which an angel appeared to him. The angel said, get up, take Jesus and Mary and go back to Israel. For those who were trying to kill Jesus are dead. So Joseph got up, 
took Jesus and Mary, and they went back to Israel. But when he heard that Herod's son was not king of Judea, he was afraid to go there. So instead, they went to Galilee and lived in their old town of Nazareth. And now, Son of the Most High, Prince of Peace, be born again into our world. Wherever there is war in this world, wherever there is pain, wherever there is loneliness, wherever there is no hope, come long expected one. With healing in your arms, embrace us. Holy child whom the shepherds and the kings and the beasts adored, be born again. Wherever there is boredom and wherever there is fear of failure, wherever there is temptation too strong to resist, wherever there is bitterness of heart, come thou blessed one with healing in your arms, embrace us. Savior, be born in each of us who raises his face to your face, not knowing fully who we are or who you are, knowing only that your love is beyond our knowing and that no other has the power to make us whole. Come, Lord Jesus, to each who longs for you. Come quickly, Savior, with healing in your arms. Embrace us, for you are our greatest hope. Amen. So glad that you joined with us this evening. In just a moment, we'll dismiss you and feel free then at that moment to extinguish your candle and then please leave it in the receptacle in the back. Thank you for being here. Have a very Merry Christmas.